Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Good morning, this is Sarah Guns, a U.S. Army sister from Tribuco Canyon, California. Our first reading is from Psalms chapter 53. The fool says in his heart there is no God. They are corrupt and their ways are vile. There is no one who does good. God looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. Everyone has turned away. All have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Do all these evildoers know nothing? They devour my people as though eating bread. They never call on God. But there they are, overwhelmed with dread, where there was nothing to dread. God scattered the bones of those who attacked you. You put them to shame, for God despised them. Oh, what salvation for Israel would come out of Zion. When God restores his people, let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. Our second reading is from Leviticus chapter 25 verses 1 through 19. The Lord said to Moses at Mount Sinai, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, When you enter the land I am going to give you, the land itself must observe a Sabbath to the Lord. For six years sow your fields, and for the six years prune your vineyards and gather their crops. But in the seventh year the land is to have a year of Sabbath rest, a Sabbath to the Lord. Do not sow your fields or prune your vineyards. Do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the grapes of your untended vines. The land is to have a year of rest. Whatever the land yields during the Sabbath year will be good. Will be food for you, for yourself, for your male and female servants, and for the hired worker and temporary resident who live among you, as well as for your livestock and the wild animals in your land. Whatever the land produces may be eaten. Count off seven Sabbath years, seven times seven years, so that the seven Sabbath years amount to a period of forty-nine years. Then have the trumpet sounded everywhere on the tenth day of the seventh month. On the day of the atonement sound the trumpet throughout your land. Consecrate the fiftieth year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land to all of its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. Each of you is to return to your family property and to your own clan. The fiftieth year shall be a jubilee for you. Do not sow and do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the untended vines. For it is a jubilee and is to be holy for you. Eat only what is taken directly from the fields. In this year of jubilee, everyone is to return to their own property. If you sell land to any of your own people or buy land from them, do not take advantage of each other. You are to buy from your own people on the basis of the number of years since the jubilee and they are to sell to you on the basis of the number of years left for harvesting crops when the years are many you are to increase the price and when the years are few you are to decrease the price because what is really being sold to you is the number of crops do not take advantage of each other but fear your god i am the lord your god follow my decrees and be careful to obey my laws and you will live safely in the land Then the land will yield its fruit, and you will eat your fill and live there in safety. Our third reading 
is from Revelation chapter 19, verses 9 through 10. Then the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, These are the true words of God. At this time I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, Don't do that. I am a fellow servant with you and with your brothers and sisters who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for it is the spirit of prophecy who bears testimony to Jesus. Good morning and welcome to the fourth Tuesday of Lent. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 53, Leviticus 25, and Revelation 19. And Leviticus 25, the whole chapter is this really important chapter, um, but it kind of has gone unpracticed. Uh, it's the year of the Jubilee, um, in which uh, everything basically gets a reset. It's a complete rest. On the Day of Atonement of the 49th year, everything stops. You know, your crops stop doing their, th- you know, don't farm it. Just rest completely, and then whatever grows, you can eat. Um, and it's the same as a weekly Sabbath. It's just a Sabbath of years. Um, so every seven of seven, forty-nine. So on the fiftieth year becomes a Sabbath, and it's supposed to be a complete reset, including sending all your um, indentured servants back and taking yourself back to your ancestral homeland. Um, so this. Complete rest plus reset, rest and reset, R&R, I suppose, um, is supposed to happen. Um, historians and biblical scholars can't find any evidence that it ever did, um, but it's supposed to. It's an ideal. It's just like the Sabbath. It's supposed to be kept. Um, and it's significant for um, <laughs> Americans because Leviticus 25 verse 10 is inscribed onto the liberty bill and you shall proclaim liberty throughout all the land to all its inhabitants I don't remember if it's it includes the inhabitants part but it goes on it shall be a jubilee for you you shall return to your property every one of you every one of your family so this liberty bill and the colonies had been around for a while like I understand but it's deeply ironic that the Liberty Bell um, is inscribed with this Levitical passage about the Jubilee where everything's supposed to rest. Everything's supposed to reset and everybody's supposed to go back to their own ancestral homeland. So a bunch of white people, Europeans, <laughs> scribbled this on their Liberty Bell. Um, and none, nobody was any the wiser, apparently. Um, and it says, I th- I'm pretty sure it even inscribes LEV 2510 on the bell. It may not, but I th- I think I recall that it does. I could be I could just be making that up in my head. Um and so it's it's tragic how we read the Bible in ways that ignore its own context. And I'm sure I do it. How we read the Bible with our motivations, our interests, our desires shapes what we see. And it it doesn't just shape it, it kind of like blinds us to it. Like if you really read and understand, uh, understood the the Bible, if you're biblically literate, the last passage you would inscribe on the Liberty Bell 
is Leviticus 25. Um, certainly a slaveholding nation <laughs> because you're supposed to let go all your slaves. Um, so it's, it's, it does, but it does not surprise me the, the lengths that we'll go or the lengths that we, we go because of our bias to undermine and almost completely oppose what the Bible is saying, even as we use it, you know, to advance our own interests. Um, and again, I'm sure I do that. Reading the Bible as I do, I'm, I, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping I'm clear-eyed about my interests. I want to read it, trusting my own experience as a, as a soldier and as a veteran. Um, and that brings out a lot of things. I'm sure it also conceals a lot of things. Um, and that's the nature of bias. Nobody, you you typically can't tell until somebody tells you. That's why they're blind spots. Um, and, you know, it's related to privilege. In fact, um, the person that, that kind of coined the term white privilege was this white guy who um, was kind of adapting a word or phrase that W.E.B. Du Bois had coined, which was white blind spots. Um, and he wrote of like, look, if if you're white, you just don't understand certain things. Um, and it got popularized by this white guy. And I just can't remember his name, but he's an older gentleman, you know, scholar. He kind of brought the white privilege into it. And then um, Peggy, Peggy McIntosh, I think, she was exploring racial privilege when she... You know, kind of discovered or began examining gendered privilege and uh, came up with the invisible knapsack where it's, you know, you don't even know you have it, but you have all these things that give you a free pass. Um, and that's what um, privilege and blind spots are about. Uh, you know, you just kind of pass over Leviticus 25.10, slap it on our liberty bell. Um, you know, ignore that we're we're uh, taking land from Indians and we're enslaving black people, um, but we're going to use the Bible to advance our interests, um, and maybe not maliciously. Um, you know, I want to be charitable. Maybe not maliciously. Probably not maliciously. I think there are people filled with hope. They were just blind um, to their own hypocrisy of owning slaves and pushing Native Americans off the land and ignoring Leviticus twenty-five. And even as they were using it to uh, gain you know, some moral upper hand over Europe or England. Um, and so it's important how we read the Bible. It's important how we um, engage with our own bias and understand it. Uh, my mom used to teach me that everybody's biased. Um, the, what makes a difference is being able to acknowledge and correct for it. If you don't know your own bias, you're deluding yourself. Everybody is biased. But the extent to which you're self-aware and the extent to which you self-correct, that's the important part. Um, and I think we need to see more of that in, in Christians. Like, What does it mean um, to think about the Jubilee, the, the Sabbath of years, in, in terms of our own contemporary practices and traditions and expectations? It wouldn't be easy. I don't think it was if it had ever been practiced either. Um, but I think it's important. Otherwise, the Bible wouldn't dedicate an entire chapter to it. A prayer for the conservation of natural resources from the Book of Common Prayer. 
Almighty God, in giving us dominion over things on earth, you made us fellow workers in your creation. Give us wisdom and reverence so to use the resources of nature that no one may suffer from our abuse of them, and that generations yet to come may continue to praise you for your bounty. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with PewPewHQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.